and welcome in to another Pacers podcast. I'm Scott Agnes. On this episode, you'll hear from Bridget Gibbs. She worked with Miles Turner all summer long down in Fort Worth, Texas, inside a place they like to call The Ranch. Not only was the garage not air-conditioned, the place was heated, and you can only imagine what that was like in the middle of summer down in Texas, and that was before they even started yoga each day. This was just one of several things during the offseason that Turner did to improve himself. The Pacers like it. They're all for it. They, in fact, have a relationship with a local yoga studio where anyone on the team can go at any time. So, yes, they're all for it. And it's good for the mind. It's good for strength. And it's good for injury prevention. Before we get to my interview with Bridget Gibbs, I do want to talk about Turner's big payday. As it was a little bit of a surprise, nothing seemed imminent in the final days. But as we know, deadline spur action. And it was agreed to and signed in the final hours before the deadline. It was submitted to the league with about five minutes to spare on that Monday evening. And then Turner, with his family and close friends by his side, went out to dinner to celebrate the contract extension. Over the last month, it seemed more likely that the Pacers would hold off on trying to re-sign Turner, who's the longest tendered Pacer on the roster. That would allow them to see how he played this season, how Demonis Sabonis developed, and see what the going rate on the market was for a starting center like Turner. They would also risk another team making an offer, and we all remember Portland, right? Several years ago, offering Roy Hibbert $58 million over four years, he nearly got on the plane but did not, and ultimately re-signed with the Pacers. By signing now, the Pacers lock up their center through the 2022-23 season. It's for $18 million flat per year, beginning next season, with neither a team option nor a player option. So for Turner now, it allows him to simply focus on basketball. He's entering year four in the league and is still just 22. He might be three years away from his peak even at this point. They need him to be more consistent. They need him to rebound, and they need him to defend, especially against those stronger centers in the post. So it's a big year for Turner in his development, but now he doesn't have to worry about getting his and playing for a contract. He has that. Now his attention is on basketball and helping the Pacers win. I really hope that you enjoy this podcast. On the next episode, you'll hear from David Alexander, Victor Oladipo's sports performance trainer based in Miami. You may have first heard about Alexander many years ago, especially when LeBron James was in Miami, as Alexander worked with him, has worked with Dwayne Wade, and now for the last two summers has worked with Oladipo. During their work together, there's heavy attention given to biomechanics and diet. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Pacers podcast. We're everywhere on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, and now Spotify. That's right. We're now on Spotify. Now, here's my conversation with Bridget Gibbs. Well, to start out, can you share how you guys met? How did this relationship start for you guys down in Fort Worth? Um, so <laughs> the guy that trains him, Greg, out here at the Athletic Ranch, um, I trained some of his athletes that are um, hurdlers and runners out at TCU and um, stuff like that. And, you know, they're running and their hurdling kind of improved. And so he's like, what, you know, what are you guys doing? And they said, oh, we're going to yoga over here, you know. And and so he's like, I need to get my son in there because he, you know, he needed to stretch and, you know, his um, – his psoas, you know, and his hips were just really, you know, closed, can't really lift his leg up, you know, and you got to be able to, you know, have the power in your legs, everything. So 
he decided to bring his son out here for a class. And then, um, you know, of course, he, um, <laughs> I'm the person that I am. I'm like, yeah, you're in workout clothes. You're going to stay too. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to sit in the car. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> like, oh, you're so cute. Get on your mat. Um, <laughs> and so put them through, a, you know, a class and then kind of explain to them, like, um, because, you know, a lot of teachers are very spiritual or energy. And, and I do believe in a lot of that stuff as well. But um, I kind of explain to people or take people through nervous system training. So I explain to them what is going on in their body and, you know, what, um, you know, what I'm doing through the practice that I'm taking their body in and out of parasympathetic and sympathetic mode and then teaching them through breath how to control their, their body and their mind and, um, and just telling them, you know, about, you know, when we're in our own head, you know, a lot of stuff, our brain is meant to protect us, but at the same time, it also keeps us from being the best us. And so being able to kind of quiet that a little bit and to come out of your own head and just push yourself and, and push through the pain. And so I was kind of explaining all that to his son and he was just like, oh my gosh, like what the hell? There's a lot to this. Uh, it already sounds like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he was just like, oh, my gosh, that was really cool. And, you know, when he got done, he was like, that was really hard. He's like, but that was really good. Like, it actually got me out of my head, too. And and that's kind of what I really focus on is trying to get you out of your head, get you out of your own way and just let you be on your mat and teach you how to breathe and, and teach you how to press through the pain and to take your mind somewhere else, you know, like I tell people, yoga is not necessarily a, an exercise. It's more of a discipline. So we're disciplining our mind um, through our body, you know, and he just said that was, you know, like really, really good. And then he, he asked me, he's like, were, were you in the Marines? And I said, no, why was I mean? You know, and he was like, no. Nope. But I wasn't going to tell you no. <laughs> I was like, I love it. <laughs> and when you say he, are you talking Miles or are you talking about his I'm basketball about Greg. trainer? Greg, okay. And so then when Miles went to start training with Greg, his manager, Miles' manager, wanted him to do Pilates. And Greg said, no, 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 no. Like, I need you to meet with this yoga instructor first and then decide. And so I came out there and met with the manager and Miles and his dad and his coach and everything. <laughs> and just kind of explained what I do in my classes and kind of, you know, how I address things. And of course, I watched how he played on the court. So I knew what to address specifically with him. And then based on what they told me, you know, he was, his core wasn't very good. You know, he was kind of tripping and, you know, stuff like that. So those were the main things that I focused on with him. So dealing with his feet, dealing with, um, uh, you know, his hips, dealing with um, his core, dealing with his mind, um, his breath, stuff like that. So I'm a big stickler on breath. And, you know, like I told him, I said, you, you, you know, you need to breathe only through your nose and we're not mouth breathing anymore. And, and I taught him how to, you know, work his diaphragm at night when he's trying to go to sleep and it's extremely hard. But I told him, I said, you know, you lose your diaphragm, you lose your legs. So, you know, when you're exhausted out on that court and you lose your diaphragm, your legs are going to go out whether your legs are tired or not. So that's super important on the court. Um, so yeah, just, and he's just, he's awesome. Like, you know, Miles is just a freaking great person mm -hmm. and yeah. he's, Everything I threw at him, he just 
took it with a smile and, you know, and it's hard and he would, you know, you could tell it was really killing him, but he just kept up and everything I threw at him, he didn't question it. He just did it. He trusted the process. And I mean, it was just amazing how quickly, um, he, he changed, you know, and now he's doing things that are just crazy intense for a seven foot person to be doing. And, and it's because he just really trusted the process and took his head out of it, which I have a lot of other athletes and they want to question everything and they want to, and they, you know, and they're holding stuff in and they're not letting their body relax. I'm like, your body's never going to change. You're never going to change if you're still holding on to all that. So, um, so there's just a lot, you know, and I tell him, I said, you know, when you're here, you need to be here and you don't need to be thinking about the outside world. You, you know, he's 22 and it's like, you still have all the same pressure <laughs> of a 22 year old, but then add athletics yeah. on it and add everything else you have throwing at you. So you need to be able to just kind of be, you know, and just not think about everything. And so, um, I don't know, just uh, we worked really, really well together, and I don't know, he just, he's a good, he's great, like, he's really, really awesome, but when I first got him, I was like, oh, Lord, I'm, I got my work cut out for me. <laughs> yeah, and what was interesting is, I know he's been practicing yoga, just general yoga, for at least a couple of years here in town, he says, but he said, this is a very different kind of flow, and I was going to say it yeah. wrong, but like a stranga, and, and it's very a much a stranga. <laughs> So it's it's from the pictures. It's like hanging more than anything. Can you take us through so what that is all about? Yoga. So I do both trapeze okay. yoga and ashtanga yoga. So the trapeze yoga was just to get him open enough to where I could get him where I needed him on the floor. The floor yoga is a lot harder than the trapeze, but the trapeze adds kind of another dimension to it because it's you're working out upside down. You're you're kind of taking yourself out of your comfort zone and just kind of trusting the process and he can get into deeper stretches that he probably couldn't hold his body into on the floor, but we can put him in, in the trapeze hanging upside down. Um, and so doing that and then also having him upside down, I basically worked from his core, from his head all the way down to his toes, but I did it from the floor up and then I did it from the ceiling hanging up and then like the last few sessions I did with him I had him trying to find his center gravity yeah and that's that's one thing that impressed me I can't do it and I'm nothing near seven foot or you know or anything and he's he's laying kind of doing a headstand type looking thing where he is in full control it appeared of his legs which was amazing he did a forearm stand within six weeks of being with me because it's like if you do the process right and you engage the things that I tell you to and you breathe the way that I do, your body will do anything you allow it to. It's our brains that stop us from it. <laughs> and that's interesting, Bridget, because the big thing that he's talked about here in this first week back is how he really tried to train his mind and, and be mindful of everything. And that's something another player, the star player of the team, Victor Oladipo, stressed last summer for him before he took a big leap was his mind. Yep. It's huge. If you, that's why coaches are so good or what, that's why, you know, you, you've got to get in these players head and you've got to get them out of their own head mm -hmm. because that can make or break the whole play. You know, they have a bad, something happened to him right before the play. He's got to learn how to be able to breathe and get rid of that and not take it out on the court. 
you know, but if they don't know how to do that, then it shows up in their game. Can you take so, us through what a what a uh, typical week was like? Was this something he was doing every day or a couple times a week? And then were they no, like one on one sessions? Twice a week. Okay. Yeah, twice a week, and they were ninety minute sessions, so they were pretty brutal, pretty intense. Um, usually, when he would bring people with him, you know, they would probably tap out in the first forty minutes, sometimes sixty, um, <laughs> and he would just keep going, you know, and um, it, it's not what I put him through is not a simple practice, but it's, it's, it's my best way to get him out of his head as quickly as possible for the time I had with him and teach him what I could in the short time that I had with him, you know, two day, two times a week when I have some of my people going, you know, coming every day, but they're changing rapidly, but they're not changing the rate he was because they can't do the things that he could do he was already an athlete which helped so i can push him farther than i can normal people and he's probably used to being coached as well yeah yeah and he you know in the last couple sessions you know he was he's there's no way i can do that and i'm like look at me and i want you to breathe (laughs) and i want you to just step out and like think about it and just do it and you know i wanted him to jump into crow where he jumps from down dog and jumps and lands on the back of his arms and just sticks it and holds it. Oh, okay. And he's like, there's no way. And I'm like, look at me, (laughs) breathe and do it. And he did it the first time and nailed it and held it. And I was like, there you go. (laughs) And so it's just like a matter of, I'm like everything that I've done, I've done for a reason. I've trained you this way for a reason. Like there's a method to my madness. I'm not just torturing you because it's fun because it was. Mm -hmm. No, I'm kidding. Do you remember working with Demonis the last, uh, like, two weeks ago or so? Do you remember that? Anything jump yeah. out at you? Um, well, because his trainer came down and was, like, trying to ask me a bunch of stuff and trying to learn and took some of my classes and then went back and kind of showed some stuff to him and was putting him through some yoga poses and, and some breathing and stuff like that but then um you know when he came to class he was really good he's very sweet um you know and he he tried to do as much as he could but i mean (laughs) coming into you know one of my classes if you haven't been coming it's gonna be pretty hard um and miles to that point had been doing it for two or three months right (laughs) right right yeah but no he did really really well and just when i showed him a few poses when before miles got there just to to kind of get him, you know, the thing set and everything. He was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What did I get myself into? Yeah, exactly. He was like, this is going to be crazy. And I did uh, video that entire session um, with with him and Demontis. And then... um, It's on YouTube, correct? um, I believe some of it is, yeah. I think just clips of it is, but I have like the full hour and a half that I'm still trying to make clips out of. And then, um, I just have not had time. <laughs> like, um, and then the last session I had with miles, um, I put him through, <laughs> that's when I made him try to find his center gravity. Um, and that's when I was making him do basically push ups with his hands backwards down by his hips, which is really, really hard. Wow. Um, oh, and then trying awful. to take his, 
yeah, it's really hard. It's really, really <laughs> hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. It sucks. Um, and trying to get his feet up off the ground as well as his body and just hold, you know, just like you would like a big heavy bar, you want to hold it in the middle and, you know, both sides are going to go each way. And that's how I kind of explained it to him. So now I need you to find that center and, you know, pull it in. And then I made him jump into crow and all those things. And, you know, he looked at me like I had three foreheads and I'm like, you can do it. <laughs> and he did it, you know, I'm like, just take your head out of it, get it done. And so I'm, I'm, I need to get that one clipped and over to him because he was so proud of himself, you know, and then, and when you nail these poses, you know, and I tell um, him, I'm like, cause sometimes they'll bring people with them and they'll get the poses and they, you know, but it's like, they can't hold them. And I'm like, that's not, you know, and he's like, yeah, we can get into those poses. It's holding them and then finding the space and breathing through them when it hurts the most and then pressing harder into it. So in yoga, we're pressing into the pain. We're not, we're not, you know, just putting a little bit of effort in there. We're pressing everything we have into that pose. And when it's like, the point where you can't hold it anymore and you feel like your body's going to give out on you, that's when the post starts. So, <laughs> so again, it seems like, the, obviously, it's a physical toll, but again, it's getting your mindset correctly and getting past where your body and your mind say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yes, yes. It's, it's taking your head somewhere else. Because I tell my students all the time, you you know, we have this energy. And so if we focus our energy on the negative and on the pain, that's where it's going to grow. But if we focus it on something else, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, this is making me grow as a person or this is doing this. And we focus our energy that way. It's totally different mindset. And you're and you can kind of start to quiet that pain and quiet that voice that's telling us to you know, this hurts. I don't want to do this anymore. She's a bitch, you know, whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's another reason why I do a lot of cueing too, because I'm shutting off that nucleus ganglius and just firing up their frontal cortex basically to help them not sit there and make excuses in their head while they're doing these poses. So the thing we hear more and more about from these athletes, these players is, is their hips, their hip flexor and opening their hips. You, you alluded to it briefly uh, several minutes ago. How do you try to go about opening up those hips that can help them um, throughout a game and be more flexible? Uh, it just depends. It depends on where they're tight in their hips. Cause you know, that's a extremely intricate muscle and then we've got our psoas that comes from our lower back and attaches to our femur and then we've got you know our glutes that could be tight we've got our quads that are usually stopping their their hips so it just depends on where they're tight in their hips and if they're overactive in one area and weak in another it's going to I'm going to see the compensation so it just really depends on the athlete you know um so before you get started, you go through some kind of texting or something like that to understand their needs and where they're uncomfortable? Yes. So, and I'll still bring them through a, a normal practice, but there's different things that I'll incorporate or things that I'll hold them in longer, or there's different things that I'll do, like with the trapeze, or, you know, I did a lot of my trick poses where I would have him being in an extremely big hip opener, which they hated. Everybody hates hip openers. They hurt. But um, I was telling him to work his triceps so he was taking his attention off of his hips and working his triceps and you know so I did a lot of trick stuff like that you know with the athletes because it's like it does suck to sit there and open up your hips for five minutes so we're gonna so you know 
I'm like, you're going to sit in this pose. I don't know if you've seen him in that pose, but it's freaking crazy. So he's got to hit the palms of his feet together and then his hips are going out. And then he's got the trapeze on his hip flexors as he's leaning all the way down. So he's upside down with his hip flexors just being spread apart, basically. And then he's lifting up and and doing triceps. Um, presses. <laughs> yeah, there. It, thankfully, he's posted a ton, so I've seen all kinds of trapeze. And you talked about him being on his forearms, and then him just hanging upside down. Those various things. We've seen a lot of that mm-hmm. from his posts. And- yeah, the, when the Players Tribune was out here, they their faces were just like. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, and then they're, they're like, Oh, he's going to get in that. And I'm like, Oh, do you, have you guys did? I'm like, they didn't know miles. And he, and he was like, and I was like, Oh, I was like, you're, you're, you guys are in for a treat. And then when I was putting him through all that stuff, they were just like, I was like, Oh miles, if you can see their face, it's hilarious right now. <laughs> like it's priceless. And then the guy came back in and he was like, cause you know, I'm, I've got pretty decent muscles myself. And he was like, you got all those muscles from yoga. And then he was like, Never mind. I just watched your class. I don't even know why I asked you. <laughs> and then turned around and walked out. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> Bridget, how much, if at all, did you communicate with uh, the Pacers training staff? Were they calling or visiting, curious about your workings with him? No, not at all. Like, I haven't heard anything other than from uh, DeMontis' trainer. Gotcha. Um, so you were basically, you were primarily just working with Miles and him one on one, rather than, and the team yeah. didn't get involved. No, gotcha. no, it was just because he came out here to Texas just to kind of separate himself from, you know, the noise, outside noise for the summer. And um, and then that's when I met him. And every once in a while, you know, he'd bring some friends and stuff from the ranch. Um, he brought a WNBA player with her and she's now with, she's been with me ever since. Um, and she's doing extremely, extremely well. She had, you know, some other things she had to let go of before she could open up. And so, you know, we all start in a different place. But, um, yeah, really, I haven't had anybody else from the Pacers. I had the coach. Yeah, Bill Bainham. Um, he was down there. Yeah, yeah. He, He's a funny he, guy. My, the second session, he called, you know, I kept telling him, I'm like, I know you guys are cussing me in your head, but you need to use your inside <laughs> voice. He usually tapped out in about 45, 55 minutes of the class, you know, and I'm like, if you would just come to one of my normal classes, you could probably make it. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but you came to one of Miles' class, so I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> and, so you had, um, you had a handful with those guys coming in and out throughout the summer. Yeah, so I did have, you know, different people coming in and out from, you know, different places and stuff like that. So, but, you know, I really, really enjoy working with Miles. Like, I love his dad. I love their family. They're just, they're just good people. So, you know, I just, I'm sad that he's back in season because I'm, gonna miss the crap out of him and i actually can practice with him so he's like the only person i can practice with most people i just have to i'm like oh lift your leg do this no the very basics <laughs> him, I'm right like, come on right <laughs> yeah with him i'm sitting next to him going i'm doing it come on get up and he's like <laughs> and now this is one thing that it's it obviously takes a physical toll so it's not something he could do regularly during the season but it would once a week maybe no, be fine for him to do? Is that, is that fair? I, he needs to do it, I would say, at least. And not to the to the amount that, you know, that we did it because I was doing something specific with him to get him where he needed to be. But um, he's his practice is so good now that he could probably just do 
an everyday 45 minute flow and he would be, I mean, that would be good. Like yoga is more for your mind and your breathing. Mine was a little bit more extensive just because of where I was trying to get him to. But no, I think he should still practice his yoga at least 45 minutes a day just to get the breathing and to get his mind right for sure. Interesting. Okay. Very good. I thought I thought it might be something he'd he'd have to kind of do away with to a limited oh, session during not. the year. He'll lose all the progress if he, you know, because then he'll start getting in his own head and get in his own way. He'll start losing his breathing like he needs to keep his practice up. And I told him that I was, I wanted to make a video for, you know, with him the last time, but I think he got sick the last time I was supposed to be with him on just a practice that I wanted him to continue with. And he can do it anywhere. He can do it in the hotel. He can do it, you know, wherever he's at. He can do it right before the game. He can do it after the game, you know, because it's not something that's going to exhaust him too much. It's just something that's kind of going to keep him where he needs to be. That's Bridget Gibbs of Yoga Body Fort Worth. And yeah, as you heard her say, she not only worked out with Miles Turner, but Damana Sabonis and assistant coach Bill Baino even joined them for a week of action. But apparently they couldn't quite hang to Turner's and Gibbs's level. Just a reminder that all my work can now be seen on The Athletic at theathletic.com. And of course, I'm active on all social media channels, Twitter, on Instagram. I'm at Scott Agnes. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I'll talk to you again soon.